Stop telling God how big your mountains are. Start telling your mountains how big your God is. See, when you've got purpose and you have found that through a relationship with the highest power, when you get that, all of a sudden it's like, I know that what's in front of me doesn't define me. I know it's not my circumstance. Sometimes you have to be careful because we look at what we're going through. We look at politics, culture, we look at finances, we look at relationships, and we can't let our circumstance determine our faith. We have to let our faith determine our circumstance. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug in to your new world here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. I am joined today by a mentor that I have watched, listened to, read for years now. This man is a legend. He is a true legend. Pastor Chad Veach is the founder. He's the lead pastor of Zoe Church in LA, uh, but he's seen everywhere around the world. He's an incredible speaker, which is a pastor as well. And, you know, the thing is, uh, for me, with leadership, with leadership in business, I found Chad during a time where I was struggling with really leading the right way. And I was like, how do I lead in this me-centric culture? And tuning in to Chad's podcast, Leadership Lean In, has changed the game for me. Reading his books, help. I work with people. Following him and the way he loves his wife and his family has just been such a blessing for me. And today, I get to introduce him to all of you. So Chad Veach, thank you for being here. What an honor. Thank you so much. I mean, this is a, you know, my wife, right before we uh, jumped on, she goes, this is a big podcast today, huh? I go, yeah, this is a big one. This So I'm very honored. And thank you so much for your kind words. It's great. You know, uh, we're like-minded, like-spirited. All we want to do is get a little bit better and grow. And so shout out to this incredible painting, but to, uh, to be a part of the if factor, it's, it's no small deal. Uh, thank you, Chad. So w- when did you get started? Like how, how did this all happen? Like, did you, did you just grow up being this good kid that wanted to serve the Lord? <laughs> Tell you know, me about the come up. <laughs> you know, it really happened for me when I was 16, you know, I went to this event called promise keepers uh, there was a movement called Promise Keepers. They were filling stadiums with men uh, around the country in the 90s. And so I went to the to the kingdom in Seattle, Washington with 65,000 other men. And I had a moment where I just, you know, really surrendered my life over to what I felt called to do and 
who I felt called to be. And I think from that moment at 16, I've never looked back and I've just really tried to go after what I felt like was on my life and, and what my God-given potential was and is and the purpose of why I'm here on earth. I think every person has to discover why God put them on this earth yeah. because there is a reason. It's like, why, why do you think Rick Warren, uh, the second most sold book in the history of the world behind the Bible is the purpose-driven life. Why? Because we all want to know, what is my life for? What is the purpose? What is the reason? What is the meaning of my life? And so I'm glad that I started in seed format to understand that at 16, and that I just pursued it after that. Oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And I I truly believe, and I resonate with what you're saying, because when you find that true purpose, that calling, you have energy, you like, you're at a different frequency, you're, you just, you move different, that you make the mission, the main guy, I've heard you say that before, make the mission, the main thing. And, you know, there's so many people, though, that aren't in our shoes, they're not living each day with intent and getting up just ready to serve and get after it. Like, what would you say to them? and, And what's your advice on how do you find your purpose? Well, I think, you know, the, the the first place that we find it, in my opinion, is there's a scripture um, in Ecclesiastes 3 that said, God has planted eternity in the hearts of man. And I like that verse because I, I, I got to know for me, there's already an eternal purpose that's been planted inside of me. But I got to get that activated. And how does that get activated? How does that seed grow? I got to water it. And so it gets watered through right relationships. It gets watered through um, what I think is is getting faith into our eardrums. That's how it grows in my life. Uh, Getting in the presence uh, of of a, a higher power, you know, a greater source. A lot of people think it's the universe. I think what's great about the universe is there's even bigger force yeah. We have a relationship, but that's the God of the universe. And I think the way you discover that, because everybody wants to wake up excited. Everyone wants passion. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the reality is, is that if you look at your circumstance, you're not going to have that much passion. But passion comes from knowing I have the power to change my circumstance. Right. I have the power to change my scenario. And so it's kind of like the old, the old saying, it's really cliche, but I believe it's true. Stop telling God how big your mountains are. Start telling your mountains how big your God is. Mm-hmm. See, when you've got purpose and you have found that through a relationship with the, with, the, with the highest power, when you get that, all of a sudden it's like, I know that what's in front of me doesn't define me. Mm-hmm. I know it's not my circumstance. Sometimes you have to be careful because we look at what we're going through. We look at politics, culture. We look at finances. We look at relationships. Yeah. And we can't let our circumstance determine our faith. We have to let our faith determine our circumstance. And so when we do that, it's because I, I know I'm supposed to live for something bigger than me. The greatest thing about life to me is waking up and realizing. Everything I'm working towards is not for my family name or for my own bank account. 
I think you're not living until you're living for something bigger than yourself. When you live for something bigger than yourself, then it's like, and Harvard has done all kinds of studies and research about this. The happiest people in the world are generous people, people not living for themselves. So once you start giving, then you start living. So we have to get into that mindset and that lifestyle. And that's where true purpose and meaning comes from. Mm, you said it. Oh, it, it is It is so wildly true. You know, I, I got in business. I grew up in Minnesota and I started from the bottom, you know, sleeping on a mattress on the floor, you know, eating ramens, that whole deal. And when I achieved a area of success, like worldly success, I remember it was my 30th birthday and I'm like, I have this car, I have this house. Now I get another house in Santa Monica. And I was like, I'm empty. Like this, this ain't it. Like I, did I miss the point? Like what did, what's the striving for if my heart set isn't right? And, you know, that's really when I started to search for deeper meaning. Cause I'm like, this doesn't like, this is like lasting like five seconds feels good, but it's not giving me like right what I want. Right. Do you find that a lot of people you come across, like they're in that realm? Like, well, I think that we've all been told a lie. I think that's what the, the, the spirit of this world or, or what culture the lie is once you get this, then you'll be happy. This starts, by the way, when we're like in preschool. Once you get to elementary, you're going to be happy. And then you're in elementary, you're like, oh, wait for middle school. Right. You're in seventh grade, you're like, oh, it'll be better in high school. All of high school, you're like, I can't wait to get out because I'm going to get in college. You're in college, you're like, oh, but when I get out and I get a job. You get a job, you're like, oh, but when I get married. You get married, you're like, oh, but once we have kids. Then I have kids and I'm like, I can't wait to be, to be a grandparent, get rid of these kids, get better ones. I think that we have to be careful to not believe the lie that once I get this, then I'll be happy. Happiness is an inside work. Happiness is an inside job. Contentment, to me, life is not about an outer scoreboard. It's about an inner scoreboard. It's about what's going on in the reality of my soul and in my life. So content is an inside job. And I think in life, you have to learn how to be content with a little bit. And you have to learn how to be content with a lot of it. Yeah. And so uh, through all of life, I learn how to be happy with whatever I've got. You know, yeah. it's like you were sleeping on a mattress in Minnesota. I'll bet you were a little bit happier than even when you got the car and the job. hundred percent. A simple life. So we have to reject the lie that this, that, or the other is going to make us happy. No, 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 it won't. What's going to make us happy is living with integrity, living for others, Mm. having peace on our pillow, having great purpose and meaning for our life, living in authentic, genuine community. It's not stuff. Yeah. It's soul work. Mm, it is soul work. Uh, you know, and when when I, I I always share, like, you can either be broken or broken open. And I I had, you know, like so many, and I'm just, I cannot imagine, like, you haven't gone through this life having those moments of like, 
uh, you know, what's next? Am I doing the right thing? All that. And, you know, what I realized is like when I truly surrender mm. to God, that spirit, and when you're spirit filled, it is better than any, I don't, I've never done drugs, but I could imagine it's better than drugs. It's better than sex. It's better than, I mean, it is like the, the best feeling on earth is, is being filled with the Holy spirit. And when I'm in LA, I, I, I have gone to your church. I've seen you preach, of course. And if anybody's listening, when you're in, you gotta, you gotta go. Uh, it's a whole experience, but it's because your church and you, you guys are your spirit filled. And, you know, for anybody listening right now that they're like, what does that even mean? You know, is it just like praying? Like, uh, could you elaborate on that and help me explain it? Well, I think the great thing is that we're all spiritual beings. We all have a spirit. You know, you have you have a soul, you have a body, and you have a spirit. And I think, you know, what's great about God is even if you don't believe in God, God has given every human natural intuition. So you're intuitive in your spirit. Something in my spirit is alarmed when I get, I remember walking into, in the mall when I was growing up, I'd walk into a certain store and I go, my spirit says something's off here. <laughs> like, okay. You go to a buddy's house, you go to a friend's house. You're like, the spirit in this house is just, something is not resonating. So we're all spiritual beings. Yeah. When you believe in God or follow God, uh, God doubles down on intuition and he gives you what is called discernment and discernment is at a, it's like, it's like intuition on steroids. And so I think that we have to be discerning between good and evil. We have to be discerning between right and wrong. Uh, what is God's plan versus my plan, my will versus his will. And I think being spirit filled is letting the Holy spirit, we call the Holy Spirit the beautiful third person of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The beautiful third person of, of the Trinity lead us and guide us. And I think when we, you know, to answer your question, what does it mean to be spirit-filled? It's letting the Holy Spirit lead our lives. I, I like to say it this way. The Holy Spirit is in you for you, and he's on you for others. In other words, the Holy Spirit is my comforter. He's my reminder. He leads me into truth. He teaches me all things. The Holy Spirit's in me for me to make sure like, hey, I'm about to do something. I'm about to make a business deal. I'm about to sign a contract. I'm about to, and, the, and the Holy Spirit has the ability to go, no, that's not. You, you should not keep swiping right. That's not the guy. <laughs> you know, you're like, what, or whatever. Fill in the blank. So the Holy Spirit, it leads me. And then the Holy Spirit empowers me to be a blessing, to be a strength, to, to, be, to be a help for people. So I think it's, it's really important. I encourage everyone that's listening today to allow, by the way, the Holy Spirit, another way to call him is the spirit of Jesus. Mm. He's not an alternative spirit that's at war with the father or the son. All he does is point us to the person of Jesus. And so I think it's, I think it's, what gives you the cutting edge? It, what, what, why is this podcast done so well? Why have you been so successful the last 10 years? How did you go from a mattress to where you are today in living in Orange County? It's the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. Amen. And oh my gosh, I think of your book, you know, worried about nothing because I pray about everything. And it's like, well, how do you get that discernment? It's, it's pray, right? And, and it's like, how many things and I still catch myself. I'm like, why am I trying to do this by myself? Like, why? Ah, have you prayed about it? Yeah. And, and like, like you said, business decisions, life decisions. And, and it's like, is that when discernment activates? I think it activates even when we're not praying, to be honest, because yeah. God can speak to our spirit yeah. at any time. Yeah. But I think when we pray, we kind of open up our mind to God's thoughts. We open up our heart to what God wants to do. And a lot of times, I don't know if you're like this, but if I don't pray, I'm not a really good person. Oh, I'm I don't pray. I'm just like, I'm off. I'm whack. I'm funny. Uh, I'm funky. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm just not who I'm supposed to be. I'm in my head. I'm in my head. Yeah. Right. I'm stressed. I mean, I'm filled with anxiety. I'm overwhelmed. I feel like things are impossible. I feel like it's never going to change. Mm. I pray. I activate possibility. Mm. When I pray, I start to, I get God involved. I think that's the whole thing about life is like, you're so talented. You're so good. You could do a lot. But when you get God involved, I think it's what I call the limitless life, the limitless life, no lid, no cap, nothing on top. When you follow God, you get into what's called the limitless life. Well, what I only got three tattoos. The other day, my boys go, Dad, you have tattoos. I got this one better at 70. I, love I got G for my daughter, Georgia, in, in what she's gone through. And then my other, my third one is Ephesians 3.20, right here, Ephesians 3.20. And that scripture says, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, far above anything that we can ask, think, or imagine. Hmm. When I pray, I invite the God who is able to do more than I can ask, think, or imagine, to get involved in my life. And so he can take your business farther than you ever imagined. He can put you in rooms you never even prayed for. Mm. He can connect you with folks you never even dreamt of. Yeah. People are like, did you always see this for your life? I never got this far in my dreams. I never prayed for anything I'm doing. I never asked God for anything. I just started following God. And when I follow God, he starts to do things I never asked, thought, or imagined. Oh, that access. It's the access. You're getting, it's like you're getting the backstage pass. It's like VIP lane. It's straight up. People say like, I'll be in interviews and they're like, what's your secret? Or they're like, are you so confident? And I'm like, because I know whose I am. And, you know, I was created in the womb. So I'm set apart. That's why I called my show it factor because everyone has an it factor and it's how they were made and, and designed. And, you know, when you start getting access and elevating in life, you know, something that you have really taught me, Chad is, is that he opposes the proud and and gives grace to the humble. And you've really taught me that. Like you really have, because 
you know, we're in this and I'm in the business entrepreneur space and it's me centric and me, me and how cool am I and, and me and my, you know, and, and you have been like your, you know, platform and you, the way God speaks to you and through you, like, it's just, I, I catch it and catch it and catch it. And I always have to be reminded, I'd love for you to speak on that because listen, you, you know, you don't even talk about this. Like you run with some of the biggest names, you mentor them, you guide them in, in Hollywood, in the world, you speak on some of the biggest stages. Like you're so humble. You're so humble. Your family is so humble. And I just think we could all take a little lesson from you on that. Like truly. Oh, you're very kind. I pre I appreciate that. But you know, I'm I'm not humble. <laughs> not. I feel like you are. I, I, like, I aspire to be. Yeah. I work hard to be. I have to be reminded. I I have to put things in my life to not allow myself. You know, it's like I there's a podcast I listen to that I really like called Smartless. Have you heard of Smartless? Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and Sean Hayes. Yes, 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 yes. And Jason Bateman always has this line he talks about, because they make fun of him, he eats so healthy. And he has this line, he goes, inside of me is this 400-pound man that's trying to get out, and mm -hmm. he wants to take control of my fork. And I think that's really true about me. Inside of me is this egotistic, narcissistic monster yeah. that wants to get out of me. And so I need Bible reading. I need to listen to my wife. I need to listen to worship music. I need a whole cocktail of things to truly remind me the mirror of my life is I am humble. I appreciate you saying that, but it's like, I have to work hard because we have to all remember you're divided in half. Mm. There is a flesh side and a spirit side to each of us. And the Bible teaches us that the flesh rages against the spirit. The flesh has desire. I mean, my flesh wants to eat. Yeah. Drink. I mean, my flesh, cuss, blah, you name it. So no one can be like, oh, I've, I've accomplished that. Because you have a flesh. And we all have a flesh. But my spirit side wants to serve mm -hmm. and give and love. And let me just tell you. Whichever dog you feed is going to win the war of your life. And so I think this is what you're talking about is a big deal to me because I know pride is lurking. And I just, I've seen pride destroy families. I've seen it destroy marriages. I've seen it take out companies. I've seen it wipe out nations. Pride is the only disease that makes everybody else sick besides the person that has it. And I think humility is attractive. I think humility has an audience. I think humility gets promoted and you have to be careful, you know, in a narcissistic society, narcissism wins. 100%. So it's showing I'm with this person. I'm driving this. I got this watch. I'm at this thing. I'm that's LA. Yeah. You're going to win for a moment, but you're not going to win long term. Right. There's no longevity in that. And, and, and by the way, let me just say this about promotion, self-promotion. If you self-promote all the time, good luck, because you're going to have to keep doing that to keep it going. Mm -hmm. But if God gets involved 
And God, because I, I just believe God promotes people. Yeah. There's a scripture I love that says promotion cometh not from the east nor the west. Promotion cometh from the Lord. What's the Bible say? God promotes people. God exalts people. God gives people audience. God gives people listeners. God gives people clicks. So we got to trust God. The person that always promotes themselves does not trust God. Mm. And so I think it's about being honest. It's about being genuine. It's about being authentic. It's about being being honest with our motives. Mm-hmm. You know, some of us, the reason why we lie to others is because we always lie to ourselves. That's right. We don't have an honest moment with our own conscience. So how can we be honest with other people? And so I think that we've got to really look at this subject. I've been fascinated with it. I'm writing a book on it right now. The contrast between humility and price. My next book I'm working on. And the reason why is because I'm, I'm dealing with this. I can look back on seasons of my life. Like, yo man, I know you posted that photo just to kind of brag. I know you were doing that thing just to be seen. Like, let's call a spade a spade. Don't, what's worse than pride is false humility. Ooh. You gotta wrestle that stuff and you gotta get to the core of the issue. Then, if you walk in humility, you will become to me the greatest leader that ever walked the history of this earth is a man named Jesus who came to serve, not take. He would pastor people and not tell anybody. In fact, he would take care of people and he'd be like, Hey man, do me a favor. Don't tell anybody what I did for you, please. Say what? Mm-hmm. He was so humble. They would start to praise him and he'd go, Hey man, I'm good. Because he knew what was inside of me. And he said, whatever's inside of man, I do not need their approval. I live for the audience of one, not the audience of many. When you get there, you become lethal, in my opinion. Amen. I'm like crying over here. Lethal. Lethal. Oh. And, and, and how, how, how does one get there? Awareness, right? Being oh. like, uh, when I... I'm like, Emily, this is so for self gate. This is so not godly. This is when we're honest with ourselves, that is when true change happens. But I think the only way you get to honesty is by quieting the noise and, and having that quiet time, taking that walk, like healing, dealing. What what am I doing to keep having these repeated relationships? Why do I keep having certain, you know, business partners, you know, screw me over or whatever, right? These things that I hear. And it's like, you got to be quiet and be still to hear like your own nonsense. Would you not agree? Oh yeah, you have to. And you know, one of the great practices, I think, um, one of my friends, Colin Henderson, He's a great author. He, he wrote the book called Master Your Mindset. He has a great line. He says, stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Mm. And I think I have to talk myself into humility. Mm. You know, we have a motto. We say every Sunday with all of our volunteers, we get all of our volunteers together in a big rally. And we put up on the screen and we all do this chant 
of a rally cry for the day. And it says this, I am a child of God called by name. I am loved, chosen, and graced by God. Today, I decide to humble myself and serve. I stir up my faith to say, God is here, so anything is possible. Today, I declare people are my passion. This house is my priority. Excellence is my standard, and generosity is my privilege. All of this is for him. This is his day, his house, his hour, and it all starts now. The band plays real big, but it's like, I got to stop listening to myself and start talking to myself. I humble myself. I stir up my faith. His house is my prayer. Excellence is my stand. Stop. If you get in your head, you're done. Yeah. You got to start saying out loud, this is who I am. This is what I declare. This is what God said about me. Say it out loud because what we say has 10 times the power over what we think. Mm -hmm. And so we got to start confessing the right things. I love it. I we're going to we're going to get this printed out. We're going to I'm going to print it out, put it in my office and we're going to like type it out and put it on Instagram. Everyone can save it, regram it because this is something we should be saying every day. Like if those of you that have kids, like imagine getting up with this kind of momentum and speaking it into existence and speaking it, you know, coming in into agreement with it. And, you know, something that I just get a little like, is like so many people are constantly like, I have anxiety and I have this and I have, it's just like, you're literally coming into agreement with that. You're really, you're, you're speaking that into your life even more. You're like just shoving it down and confirming it. And I just, believe so much. You're talking about the power of your words, the power of what you're saying, the power of what you're agreeing with. Like we got to change that behavior, like straight up. (laughs) Have to. And because the reality is, is, you know, anxiety, the number one concern amongst adults and teenagers in America, you know, I, I saw a stat $550 billion are lost in America annually based upon employees' inability to do their job because they're so stressed out. They've got so much anxiety. I think one of the biggest healers of that is self-declaration, self-confession, confessing over you. Because if you listen to yourself, you're, you, you know, the average person thinks 40,000 negative thoughts a day, the average person. So in your head, you're a loser. Why did you say that? You know, they didn't invite you. Look at what they're doing. How come you're not breaking through? I mean, the brain will just beat you up. Oh, can't listen to yourself. You have to talk to yourself. Mm, So good. Now, okay, I want to I want to go this way because I was talking to some friends that I was going to interview you and they were like the word they're speakers, right? Keynote speakers. And we all were like, how like how does a pastor they're like giving a keynote speech every week. And I'm like, I'm over here thinking, oh, my one or two a month thing is hard, right? Like, or just, it, but and you're kind of repeating it and reframing it and whatever. But I was like, how do you create new talks? And it's not even just even for your church. You go speak and you do your show and uh, let's, you're an author. And I'm like, where does he get this? Like, do you have to have discipline to do that? What's your, 
what's your format? Like I saw on your Instagram and I loved it. You used to go to this old bar and cause I, I need to get out of my area as well to like go and write, but I want to know like, what is the process for this? Well, I think, you know, one of my favorite things Jesus says, he says a good man will store up good things in the treasure of his heart. He said, an evil man will store up evil things in the treasure of his heart. Then he said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I always think if you want to say a lot of good things, you better put a lot of good things in here. So I think you got to be, you know, what is our lifelong pursuit to be a lifelong learner? Yeah. It's not to be a lifelong expert, not to achieve, to arrive, it's to learn, to grow. And so one of my favorite lines is the content you consume becomes the content you create. Mm. If you put it in, it's coming out. And so I, 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 this morning I got up and I did my read through and, you know, we were in first Kings today and we we're in second Timothy chapter three. And I, I'm putting good stuff in me. And cause I know I don't ever want to get to the hospital. I don't ever want to be with a, a marriage that's in crisis and sit there with a couple and they go, do you got anything pastor? And I go, well, let me go to Google and let's see if there is something there for you. It's like, it better be in here. Yeah. You know? So when we go to record our podcast, I got a couple like David, I got a couple rocks in the slingshot ready, but at the end of the day, it's like, I just got a lot of, I got a lot of good stuff here. How did I get it? Well, I just kept putting it in. Just kept putting it. When, when did you do it? Rome wasn't built in a day. It was daily. Greatness isn't built in a day. Greatness is built daily. You daily become, you are the sum total of your habits. And so if you want to be effective, I think James Clear says, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. Mm -hmm. So what are your disciplines and what are your systems to get you to be really good at what you do? Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I... I just think as a speaker and as a pastor, it's like you also have to honor rest. And and <laughs> I am not into hustle culture. I'm working with intelligence. I'm like, I am about working smarter, not harder. And systems help you work smart and effective. And that helps you go the distance. Like we're going the distance and it's not just like a one-time deal in an outburger situation. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, that's obviously probably something you've had to work on. I mean, my gosh, like you're, I wonder that. Cause it's like, we're all like resting on Sunday and you're like, you know, preaching. And yeah, I, I, I call my, you know, every, first of all, I mean, we talked about David nurse before we press record, but you know, David nurse just got to do Chick-fil-A this last week. Yeah. And, and one of my favorite things about Chick-fil-A, think about this. What are they, what are they most famous for besides their food? Taking Sundays off. Oh yeah. The whole world knows these guys take Sundays off because they believe God can do more with your six than you can do personally with your seven. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing as tithing. God could do more with your 90% than you can do with your 100%. It's a trust. So my day off is Fridays. Now, 
I read a book a couple of years ago called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, John Mark Homer. And he wrote about rest. And he says, the Sabbath day, your day off, the Chick-fil-A day, closed on Sunday. Shout out to Kanye. Yeah. He called it your Christmas day once a week. Now, I don't know about you, but Christmas day in my house is like cinnamon rolls and four NBA games Yes. And pajamas and bacon. And yes. I'm not even really on my phone at all unless it's to call my family. I am just lounging. Same. Yeah. And you know, God said you need that once a week. Mm. You need you need Christmas Day once a week. Mm. And so Sundays I'm working, but Fridays, I'm Shabbat Shalom. I'm off. I'm like, you're not gonna get a hold of me. Like I'm because. We look at these commandments and we're like, I would never commit adultery. Uh, murder? You're insane. Sabbath? <laughs> and it's like, you got you got to see it the way he sees it. You can't violate God's truths and expect to reap a great harvest. Just drop the mic right now. <laughs> uh, truly, this is... Whoa, it's stirring things up for me because, and I'm sure anybody driving, listening, pushing the stroller, whatever you're doing right now, you're probably like, oh my word. Like, because in our society, it's like, just keep going and keep doing. But what I have found is you really, you get nowhere fast, especially if you're like on E. It's like, have you ever tried to write a book or write a speech or you're like, I got nothing. Like, Someone plugged me in, right? And it's like slow down to speed up, and that's the key. And you know, with with that, you know, I and I've obviously it's all watching you from a distance. But your wife Julia, you guys are so beautiful, and you seem to have such a great marriage and family. And you know, with so much leadership and call on your life, Chad, how have you? grown your marriage and kept that a priority. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm recently engaged and, um, Come on. Yeah, and What's the date we're, we're trying to decide we might do it in, in Italy because we're speaking there, um, in a couple months, but I literally could do it in the backyard right now. Like I'm just there. Um, and we both have just completely turned our lives over to Christ and we're just being obedient to so great. Having, having a really pure marriage and it feels really good. And so now I'm, I'm really trying to gain advice from those that I really do look up to on, on having that healthy marriage. Cause we're both drivers. Him and I are both power welders. Okay. So, you know, what advice do you, could you give? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about marriage and the great thing about a committed marriage is that it only works if you close the back door on divorce and, and you commit divorce is not an option. We're dealing with so many people right now, you know, 70% of divorces are driven by women. And if it's a college graduate, if she's a college graduate, it's up to 90%. And a lot of times it's because they're unhappy in their marriage. And as soon as you open that door, I just find there to be a lot of damage. So I think it's like, it's this understanding. I am a flawed human that's been connected with another flawed human. 
And we get to see each other's uh, strengths and weaknesses every day, uh, the good, bad, and the ugly, because that's for every broken human. Mm. But we're just committed to work it out in sickness and in health, for rich or for poor. These covenant vows we make before God, we're just, we're committed to to working out. And I I think the the marriage, marriage is not about meeting each other Mm 50-50. Marriage is 100-100. I'm in this thing 100, you're in this thing 100, and we're going to work it out. And if that goes away, you don't have a shot. There's no there's no chance. And so I think, you know, it's about, it's what I'm saying is love is a choice. It is a commitment. It's not an emotion. It's constantly choosing this other person, constantly choosing what's best for them, putting their needs in front of your needs. And um, I think it's a lifelong journey. It's a it's the thrill of a lifetime. To me, marriage is the greatest blessing or the greatest burden in your life. You choose your own adventure. And um, again, talking about humility, pride comes in, we're done. But if you humble yourself to serve the other person, you know, I, I, I have found my marriage only works if I walk in humility, if I have a touch of pride, it really is damaging and destructive to my home and my marriage. So it's, it's, it's work, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. I, those stats are staggering. What, what? And and it's happening, you know, friends of ours left and right. And it's not, and by the way, the guy always has, a higher evaluation of his marriage than the girl. Mm. He puts in the category of we're doing good or it's, it's we uh, everything's well. And she's going here. I'm not happy. You know, you're not picking up the, 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 the dirty clothes in the bathroom. You're not doing the laundry. You're not and, and She fills out to dry or, or, or I'm the provider. And unemployment. It's, it's a whole issue. Jordan Peterson yeah. has a lot of thoughts on this. What happens to a man when he's unemployed and what it does to a marriage. And I think we have to be very careful right now because by, by the way, these are all Christians. These are all people that love God, but go like, yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this. So as you enter in your marriage, there's some resolve and there's some commitments that we got to make. We have every person, in our church go through what's called Simbis saving your marriage before it starts. And I think you got to put in the hard work at, to build that foundation. Life is going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Life, life, hap- life touches everybody. Mm-hmm. So if it's not built on a foundation, we're going to have a hard time. Oh, so good, Chad. I, I, you know, being a leader woman, whatever we're going to call myself, I don't boss babe. I will not use that term. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, uh, there's this culture of like, we don't need men and we can pay the bills. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, uh, no, I, I need a man to serve and lead the home. And that was like, when I was in my single season and I felt so sad and all the things trying to find my way, I, I went to the the beach in Santa Monica and I wrote out like, number one, he has to love the Lord. And, and then number two was lead the home, but that means as a power chick, I need to let him lead the home and I need, you know, and I just, oh, I just wish and hope and pray that women out there, it's like, we don't, we were not meant to like be the masculine, the feminine, the, all the things like having that healthy 
man and woman marriage, like that, that healthy relationship is like, oh, we got to allow him to lead, you know? Have to. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's all there for us. It's all there for us in the scriptures and exactly how to do it. And I think that we follow the biblical model, you know, of honoring one another, serving each other, you know, doing it, doing it right. You know, at the end of the day, all of life is not rocket science. Mm. It's not. Yeah. You yeah. Do so. Yeah. And so, you know, we just got to be wise and very careful to not let pride and sin creep in and destroy our lives. A hundred percent. Do you guys do like date nights? Do you have like certain standards? Who was it? Was it John Maxwell that was telling me or... Somebody was telling me like, they're like, I never ride in a car with a woman alone. Like they're like straight up like they, and it may sound crazy to some people out there, but it's like, there's just no open doors. Yeah. I mean, we've, we, I've had that value for maybe 15, 20 years. I haven't been alone with a woman in a car. That's not my wife in probably two decades. So we set up things like that. We go on date nights and, you know, yeah, we just, we try and I think the key to our marriage is I try and listen to Julia because she'll tell me if it's off, it's, she's going to let me know if I'm doing good. She's going to let me know. So I think there's it's a real value there of, of going like checking in. How, how are we doing? How are you doing? How do you feel? And um, you know, I know certain people go on date night once a week. I know some that don't ever go on a date night and, and, and both have great marriages. You got to crack your own code. Yeah. You figure out what works for you. You got to feel each other's cup. And, um, and, and I find that when you, when you have that intention, uh, it goes really well. It goes really well. And, and the game changer is praying together. I, I, I just feel like it's so next level. It's like you involve God, you, you know, it's just so next level. Oh, you're next level, dude. Um, Same. I'm so like, just overjoyed to have this conversation with you. I feel like I could talk to you about a thousand different subjects and I know we will, we will don't got time for that. Uh, (laughs) But what do you think and believe your it factor is? Wow. I was in a conference uh, last week in Miami and uh, for Rich and Dawn Shree Wilkerson and Dawn Shree was uh, honoring her mother, Deanza. And she was just really, you know, honoring her mom. And she said, one of the things I love about my mom is that whatever room she walks into, she always walks in and says, there you are, rather than saying, here I am. And I will say, to answer your question, what is my it factor? It's trying to live that life of walking into rooms and going, there you are. There you are. Adding value, looking to give, looking to bless, looking to help, looking to make people feel bigger than they are, seeing the gold when everybody else sees garbage. I think my if factor has, has, has always been just loving people really well and pulling out the best version of them. Mm-hmm. I would say that, that that's probably been the thing that I've been able to do is just try and look at Emily and go, Emily, this podcast, what in the world, this, what you built kid from Minnesota, Minnesota, like yeah. the world. Get the product jacket out of here. This is the product is not even good enough for you. You're bigger than product. Like you're on a, you're on a whole different wave. Like look at you like, wow. And so I think that to answer your question, that would be 
what I feel like I've tried to bring to the table. Yeah, you do it well. You didn't. And I am I am going to work on, you know, giving a little getting a little bit more better at that, because, again, it's like we're taught in a lot of personal development is look at me. I'm here. Stand out, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, that's just not the way that God wants us to live. And so, again, it's that check, 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 check. Where can people find you? Pimp yourself out. Let's go. (laughs) That being said. And by the way, you have such a good style. You are like effortlessly cool. You're so kind. No, I'm serious. Well, I I just truly just put on whatever my wife tells me to wear. So she is the stylist, to be honest. But um, I have a website, chadbeach.org, and uh, our church website as well, zoechurch.org. So uh, there and on social media, we're there. We're going to link everything up. And honestly, every one of his books, we'll link all of them up. Buy them, get them, support. You're in L.A., go to the church. Like, honestly, it is so next level. Yeah, it really is. And uh, the worship, your worship team. Oh, crazy. They're so good. I just felt like I unleashed for real. So thank you, Chad, for being here and for all that you are. And I'll continue to pray for you and your mission. And I'm just grateful because you really have impacted my life. And so this has been really special for me. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me on. And and likewise, I'm so excited for you to get married and the journey that you're on and what God's doing in you and through you is truly, you're in the limitless life. And so I can't wait to see where God takes you. I think it's going to be beyond anything uh, you ever imagined and what anyone in your life ever imagined. So I can't wait to, to watch and cheer you on. Thank you.